if that first time home buyer lives in a certain area that Fannie and Freddie has segmented to get a $5,000 grant, you're going to get that. And that $5,000 grant has no, no strings attached. Service members should get the most out of their VA benefits for home ownership. That's our belief. And that's why we're here. So whether you're looking to own your dream home, considering refinancing, or just exploring the VA home loan process, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Helping Heroes Become Homeowners. Welcome to this week's episode of Helping Heroes Become Homeowners. First time homebuyers, do you have all the information that you need to make that decision to go out in the market and buy a home? How about veterans? Do you know exactly if you even qualify to use your VA benefit? Hi, my name is Richard Sari with Alliance Mortgage, and we're going to discuss these topics today to get more, more information out there so you're better equipped to jump into the housing market and talk about buying a home this year. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. Usually I'm the, I'm the host interviewing you know the folks that we have on our podcast. Today, I have Jason Binion on. He's with Farmers Insurance. We're going to do kind of a, a role reversal, hot seat, question and answer type podcast today. So everyone, this is Jason Binion with Farmers Insurance. Jason, thanks for taking on the, uh, the duties of being the host today. Well, uh, thank you for having me. This is a, a unique opportunity for sure. I'm not a podcast veteran. Um, we got to talk a little bit about the opportunity and I said, you know, I think we should reverse the roles. I think people need to know, um, maybe even go back to the beginning. Well, uh, you know, who, who's Richard Sari, where'd he come from? Uh, how did all this evolve and all those things? So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right. And you know, let's start at the beginning. We know each other, but not everybody out there does. Not everybody's listened to all the other podcasts. They don't know your whole story. So um, let's start with what what is what is your superpower? My superpower. Well, I I truly believe that my superpower is fixing problems, fixing challenges, um, actually diving into the problem and finding the the quickest solution to get the maximum result. You know, an example obviously is trying to fix a loan that isn't necessarily going through the process easily with someone else, or there's a challenge that one of my customers has been told by another loan originator that, you know, if we take a different look at it, maybe jump really into the guidelines and see, are they right on what they were trying to do? I'm going to try and fix that problem. And I feel I'm pretty good at that. Yep. Good deal. You, um, you know, this podcast has been out there for a little bit. You're probably a, in a, in a couple different arenas. Um, where are you? Well, I mean, tell people where you are, where you're from, a little bit about kind of how you got into mortgages and, and, and why you do what you do. So we're located in Frisco, Texas. Um, we've been in, in Texas now for about 20 plus years. I kind of fell into mortgage. I wasn't really looking to get into the mortgage space. Um, I do have a degree in finance long time ago, graduated college, right? But I was wanting to, I, I wanted to be that stockbroker guy. I wanted to be the guy that analyzed numbers to determine, you know, should we buy the stock? Should we hedge the stock? I, I, I picked that after watching Wall Street. I wanted, I wanted that excitement of doing the things that they were doing in that movie. And so you wanted to be Bud. I, yeah. I wanted to be Bud, sort of, the right Bud, not sort the bad Bud. The right um, Bud. Yes. 
but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I did the things and unfortunately I wasn't able to pass the last test, which quite frankly is the insurance piece of it. I couldn't get the insurance piece of it. I could get the series seven piece, but not the insurance piece. So, you know, a different path was created, um, kind of fell into the mortgage. I had a, my mentor called me from my resume and she interviewed me and that was 27 years ago. I fell in the mortgage and I found that I was just good at, again, fixing things, finding solutions. Cause back in the day, back way back in the day, originated mortgage was a lot different than it is now. Everything was on paper. Right. Right. So we had to take a, a, a paper application, ask all the right questions. It wasn't automated. Um, we had to pull our own credit. We had to analyze the credit. So we, I learned everything from beginning to end. Um, so that really helped me grow as a loan originator over the years. So as the market changed and we became more digital, technology stepped in and made that process a lot faster. But I still go back to my roots in asking the right questions and taking an application. So that's kind of fell into it. You look yeah, up I think that gives you an advantage. You kind of know what the computer screens are telling you and why they're telling you what they're telling you a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for me, it was a little easy to, to learn the terminology because you know, I had a degree in finance, so it was a little easier for me right. to catch on right. fairly quickly. So, like I said, we, we've known each other for a little while, a long while, um, for the viewing audience. They may or may not know that. That may not matter, but I think you guys just had, you just had an anniversary. Is that right? How many years have you been doing this with Elaine? So, I've been out of my own now for 17 years. I've been right. in the That's a big deal. Congratulations. It is. It's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. Um, it is. I, it's a it's a big deal to me because, you know, all the, all the folks that are part of Alliance Mortgage has helped us do that. All the right. folks that has worked for Alliance Mortgage helped us do that. All our referrals, all our clients, referral partners. But I jumped into the market as a self-employed mortgage broker owner in 2007. Okay. And we all know what happened in 2008, 2009, <laughs> right? It was probably the worst time to get into the space. But right. I felt it was the right time and we've weathered the storm. We are still weathering a storm, so to speak, but yeah, 17 years, it's been quick. It's been fast. Oh. And we've been blessed. I mean, it's, it's a blessing to do what I do. Right. Um, it is frustrating sometimes, but at the end of the day, we have a sense of peace when we get somebody into a home. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. All right. Thank you. I am. Um, I'm not maybe the smartest person on the planet. Um, but once I learn something, I think I can intake it and, and keep it. I don't usually forget things. But if if I'm just now learning about mortgages, I'm a first time person, what I, and I'm looking around. What is I mean? What is a loan officer? What what is it? What do they do? Uh, simple, quiet, in layman's terms, for a guy like me who would be out looking for a home. Well, what a loan officer does is we provide access to home ownership for the client. Um, we help them navigate through that process of. The you know, disclosures, you know, the, everything's a legal compliant disclosure industry. So we put the loan together, we'll pull the credit. We have that initial discussion with the client, what they want to do, what their needs and wants are, um, what their price points are. Um, we're going to analyze the income on their behalf because not everyone is a, a wage earner. So you're going to have your self-employed folks in there that, you know, they, they have a CPA typically do their tax returns and what they show on their tax returns is what they show. But from a loan officer perspective, we're going to analyze that and see how much income of that we can use. So that's, right. that's something that 
we got to make sure it's correct. Um, we, we also consult on credit. Um, when I say consult, we're, we're going to give ideas on how they can improve their credit from just the, the credits that we've seen over the number of years that we've been doing this. Um, and, and we're going to put that loan together and we're going to find the most affordable product from a payment perspective, rate perspective and closing cost. So we have the benefit as being a, a broker to talk to everybody at one time and, and get the best pricing. And typically, yes. you know, just from the number perspective, the, the broker side of wholesale or of, of mortgage in the wholesale space is typically cheaper than the other the other space, which is your retail space, your banks, your retail lenders. So from a loan office perspective, we're going to come in and wrap our hands around the client and, and walk them through that process. So I'm ready. I'm an eager beaver. I, I think I know what I know and, and I'm, I'm running out and I go type in all my stuff online. Is that a good thing, a bad thing in your opinion? Um, I, 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 because I'm a little older nowadays, I have my personal opinions on that, but what, what, what's your opinion on, Hey, I'm just going to run out well, and go see what I can get online. Everything is, is now done online. Um, we can still take a paper application if the client wants to, but right. typically the technology now is set up to be completely paperless. But what we're going to do with the client is we're still going to have that initial consultation call. We're going right. to have a conversation about what they want to do and then direct them to the application online if they do not want to do the paper app. I prefer not to do the paper app because then you've got personal information, you know, just there, you know, right. and then you shred it when you're done with it you know, everything that we do online is obviously on a secure platform. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's more efficient. I think the, the, the space and the time that people take to do a loan, they want that fast. They want it quick. So everything that's done online, it just makes that process easier and simpler. Yep. So I, um, I fill out my stuff online. Um, I'm getting ready. I call you. And, and you say, okay, here's a list of things to do. Tell me some of the absolutes. Do this. Please don't go do that kind of thing. Give me some guidance on, on that first like initial phase. So after they apply or just when they're wanting to do the application online? Well, I'm ready to go shopping for a home. And, and I, you know, I, I call you. You say, okay, go do these things, right? Let's fill out the app. Let's get that ready. Um, and now is there something, are, are there little keys that you say, Hey, get ready to do this or don't go do these things like should, I mean, is it okay for me to go buy a brand new car? Yeah. Let's talk about the do nots. Cause that's probably the most important thing, right? Cause right, when we do pull not, credit, do your credit doesn't have to be reran for about 120 days. Right. You, you don't, you, you do not want to go out. Like you said, buy a new car. You don't want to go out and start opening up new debt. Um, you do not want to fall behind on the debt that you have. Um, because if, if you fall behind on the debt and we have to repull credit, let's say mm -hmm. and we have to refresh the bureau, whatever the case is, your score might change. In fact, it will change if you fall behind on some debt. Right. Um, I wouldn't quit your job. I would keep your job until the loan is funded. If you need to switch jobs, if you know you're in a position where you've applied and that important piece of the puzzle for your loan really hasn't been disclosed to your loan officer, that's going to cause some problems because we're going to find out when we do a verification of employment. So yeah, we, that's a big we deal. want to find that out now versus when we do the final verbal at the end of your loan process. Right. Okay, so I've gotten down the road a little bit. 
Um, you've given me the don'ts to, and, and some of the do's to go get done. I get well, some of that check off. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back to the do's. I only did the don'ts. So well, the do's cool. is like, you're going to you're going to want to make sure that after you take the loan application that you have provided the documents required for the loan that the loan officer is going to ask for because we got to make sure we do our due diligence on what you inputted. Right. Okay. If you tell me you make ten thousand a month, but I get your pay stubs and it's only eight, that could change different price points, qualifications, so on and so forth. So in, in most origination platforms that everybody uses, you're going to get the opportunity to upload your documents directly to your application. Right. So once I have all that and I'm doing the due diligence on your income, your bank statements, um, your ID, making sure you are who you are, and you you've done the e-disclosure for consent, then we can go in and do our our full pre-approval process versus a pre-qualification. Right. Well, as we now got down the road a little bit, and I mean, talk a little bit about down payment and the and the mortgage approval process. I mean, are there assistance programs for first-time buyers? Does a bigger down payment help, not help? Um, what kind of guidance do you give the people um, really in the first-time home buying? Because I think there's a lot of... Um, uh, sizzle and not a lot of stake out there. People are saying like, no down and come do this. And, and people like run over there and, and do those things. But I, I don't, I don't know that I understand as do you have advantages to do one or the other? Well, it, it just depends on, on the customer and what their current asset position is. If okay. you've got a lot of assets, you don't have to put 20% down. That's not the, that's not the, the minimum you have to put down to get qualified. If you're, Struggling with assets, you have enough assets for a particular purchase price. There are programs out there that will allow you to put 1% down to nothing down. There is down payment assistance programs where we can do 100% financing and we just have to find an avenue for closing cost. Or we have a program where we can do both of those things. It just depends if they qualify for the program. Not everyone just qualifies for down payment assistance if you don't have the assets. There are qualifications for the programs. But at the end of the day, the, the products have changed since last year. We've had additional products come into the market space for wholesale, one of which is the special um, credit purpose loan. And if that first time home buyer lives in a certain area that Fannie and Freddie has segmented to get a $5,000 grant, you're going to get that. And that $5,000 grant has no, no strings attached. There's no lien on your house when you buy it's just giving to it's given to them to help with closing costs in any any way they want to use those dollars. So if if that's the case, that that program will help you on the back end with closing costs. It, it's not for down payment; it's just for closing costs. You know, we've talked a little bit about the down payment. <clears throat> Obviously, everybody's big seems to be a big hot button is hey, my credit score, my credit score, my credit score. You know, what kind of role does credit? And credit score play in mortgage and how can first-time home buyers be aware of it learn about it and improve it if they need to do that how do they do that so credit score is one of the main drivers for credit risk when it comes to the secondary market and you know back in 2008 i believe it's when fannie and freddie got taken over through conservatorship by the government so fannie and freddie when they when they price out their rates. Rates are priced out based on what we call uh, loan level price adjustments. And part of those loan level price adjustments is the credit score. So the credit score is going to come into play on adjustments to the final rate when you get to the risk factor of that loan. 
So your conventional loan has certain credit score adjustments and there's, there's credit score bands from 620 up to 780. So you're going to have an adjustment somewhere in between there based on how much you're borrowing. So if I'm a 620 credit score and I need 95%, you're going to have a high risk for credit score and a pretty high risk for the loan to value because you're high at 95%. So we have to take those into play. Now, for your FHA loans, there are credit score risks, so to speak, but those adjustments are a little bit different and the same for VA. But credit score does come into play when you're pricing that loan. Now, it also comes into play when you're doing an automation for approval. So all those algorithms and the automations are, are built around the credit score for loan level price risk and approval. So it is, it's right. important to be on top of your credit score. Yes, most definitely. So you have, um, and I do this in my world too, there's a lot of acronyms and there's a lot of things that we use and say a lot. Um, I'm a first time home buyer. I don't know what FHA is or VA or who Freddie or Fannie are or any of those, but specifically let's talk about the loans and the loan types. There's different types, right? Um, I yep. guess. And you just said, well, if you're FHA, you're this, or if you're VA, you're that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, Hey, these are some of the loan programs that are available. Um, and then we can kind of see what, what might fit for me. Right. And then we'll take a look at that. So your, your traditional, what most people look at or look for is a conventional loan. That's just the okay. first thought on their head is to do a conventional loan. Right. But if they do not qualify for conventional, cause they don't meet some guidelines specifically, we can take them to an FHA platform. FHA is, a, is the loan backed by the government. Uh, it's typically for first time home buyers when it was brought out, you know, back in the thirties, but at the end of the day, that program may help somebody who has not a whole lot of money to put down because with right. that FHA piece, it's only three and a half minimum down. But if you do one of the special down payment assistance programs with FHA, it could be zero down. Right. So depending on a case by case scenario, your veteran VA loan is, is zero down because they, you know, they, they earn the right to put nothing down. They can put money down if they want to, but they don't do not have to, it's not a requirement for a VA home loan. But for the most part, you know, if the credit's where it needs to be um, to qualify for a conventional loan, what I typically do is qualify both conventional and FHA and see which one's going to be the best payment. Because each program has a different characteristic. One's going to have mortgage insurance for a short period of time. FHA is going to have mortgage insurance for the entire life of the loan. So depending on how long they're going to be in the house for and things like that, that we talk at the initial application, it was going to determine what program we're going to put them into. You just said the uh, program that we're going to put them into, but you know, at this point now, that's where the real advice and the real um, experience, right. That you have to, to, to know somebody to know their unique circumstances. And I don't think that people always understand that when they just type something in and, and hope for a robot to answer uh, some of these questions. Um, yeah. So our industry is, has always been trying to find the fastest, cheapest way to originate a loan and you, you're, you still need that human approach. You still need that human interaction for certain situations. Um, you know, if you've got your typical 750, 20% down, great credit, what I call a cookie cutter loan, maybe, yeah, they can go through an automated process and never have to talk to a loan officer. But at the end of the day, when we get to the closing part of it, I still, and everyone should still go through the final numbers. I mean, how did we get to that final number? What, what, what changed? Why did it change? 
why, why did my cash to close go from 5,000 to 4,500? Are you missing what got, what changed? You can't get that really from an automation. One day, I'm sure you have an AI discuss that with you maybe and, and talk you through it from an AI avatar person, but you need that the, interaction. The really, avatar. Yeah, you you got to have that interaction. Um, it, I, I don't think it's something that can be done really with, without a little bit of a human touch. Right, right. All right. So this platform, um, thank you for having me on again, by the way. Uh, yeah. it, it does uh, spend a lot of time talking about veterans. It talks a lot about um, the VA loan process. And so you have a lot of experience in that. You talked about conventional. You talked about FHA. You also talked about VA. Um, you know, take us through a little bit. How did you get into the VA portion of that uh, world? You know, was there an experience? Was there a, a, a case scenario that, that you learned from and, and that it touched your heart? And that was something that you really wanted to go after. Can you give us a, an example of that? And then I want to ask you some questions specific to veterans in the VA process. What what are the advantages? And if you can tell us a little bit about that. Well, let's, let's start with the, with the first question on what led me to the VA space in okay. particular. You know, I've always had... In, in my heart that the veteran deserves better. The veteran deserves the best of the best, the best service, the best rates, everything for what they've, what they've done, right? They've served the country. They've kept us safe. Where I fell into the, the more advocate role of the VA home loan is, is back when VA offers weren't being accepted in the market that we're in. And the reasonings that I was receiving, why our offer wasn't being accepted, it, it kind of burned me a little bit because you've got someone who is a conventional approved buyer, but they just want to use their VA benefit so they don't have to put any money down so they can still have a bunch of money in the bank or money in the bank. But we were getting the feedback from realtors when we put these offers in that they're putting nothing down. They don't think they can qualify for the loan or they're, they're a weak buyer. They have no money They're You know, it, it was that circle of chaos of, of the misconception of what that loan was all about. So, you know, learning learning that and, and getting that feedback from the real estate industry just led me to become an expert i wouldn't say an expert become an advocate learn everything that needed to be learned about the va home loan and get the word out and educate change the minds change the hearts about that loan letting people know that it's really a good loan it's the most competitive payment that the veteran's ever going to have because it doesn't right. have mortgage insurance you're going to have a most a better competitive rate because VA guarantees those programs by 25%. So from a lender's risk they're only on the hook for 75% of it. And right. if that house ever happened to go through a foreclosure process the veteran's not left out in the cold the veteran can actually have VA help step in and talk to the lender and work something out because the lender wants that loan to perform. So you don't really, you really don't get that extra step and that extra help if you do a VA or a conventional loan. So I've taken it upon myself to, to, to do educational classes, to do as much of this podcast that I can to get more information out and be more education about it. So you talked a little bit about some of the myths that were out there. Um, you talked a little bit about some of the advantages. There's zero down payment, some of the advantages in terms of if there uh, was some struggle with the loan being paid, how that would all go down. 
Uh, do you have a specific example that sticks out in your mind that there was a challenge that was challenging or it took longer or there was a scenario that launched you or you use even today to build from uh, to get people through that VA process to understand it better? Well, the, the VA home loan is, I wouldn't say, well, maybe it's unique because the guidelines okay. are about 620 pages deep. So <laughs> not everyone's going to have that memorized. Obviously you can. So even I have to refer back because you can't remember everything. Right. But for the most part, what VA allows the veteran or active duty member to do, it allows you to do things that conventional and FHA will not. And an okay. example would be, uh, we, we did a manual underwrite on a customer a few months back. Um, he was a, a low 600 credit score. Um, he didn't have a whole lot of money to put down. So, you know, he had an entitlement. He was fully exempt from the funding fee because he had a disability rating of 100%. So if you have a 100% disability rating in Texas, the property taxes go away. You just got to file the wow. exemption as a 100% disabled veteran. Uh, and the county that he was buying in allowed that. Now, from that perspective, the debt ratio was over 50%. And that's the max on conventional 56 for FHA, but he was over that. But the thing that VA allows you to do to still get that loan approved is they have what's called residual income. And he met the residual income limit based on the number of folks that he had in his household. So he exceeded that by 120%. So we, when we run that automation, we get the approval with that high end, what we call high end back end ratio. So VA allows some things to get done on that loan, and that person was able to get into a home. Now, he could not get that loan anywhere else in terms of the other products available. He had to go VA and use that entitlement. So well, for him, that, guess, yeah. if he wasn't a veteran, he wouldn't have been able to purchase a home this year. But since he wow. was, he was able to use the benefit and all the guidelines and all the, the perks that VA allows to help that homeowner get into a home. Because that is their goal is to get every veteran into a home. The underwriter's yeah, job is to it. make sure that they can do everything they can to approve the loan. And I think that's a big message. They want to get everybody in a home, but they need people like you to walk people through the 620 pages in each county and all the different things and all the different scenarios. And I, I just don't, you know, I've not found a lot of people that are doing what you're doing. Right. Um, and it's unique and, and I appreciate what you're doing. And, uh, I know there's a lot of veterans out there that could use you, use that service. Um, you know, you're there for all of the normal style loans that are all available and out there. And then you also have this unique, very niche uh, scenario with that expertise to get them through that process. Can you tell us a little bit and share some information about VA loan limits um, for first time home buyers? Is it different for different housing markets? Does it change? Like how much can I get rich? I just got out and I'm ready to go start my life and tell me a little bit of what I can go do. So VA, VA changed the rules a handful of years ago on, on the VA loan limit. So if I've got full entitlement as a veteran or, or as a veteran, I've been discharged, my, right. my certificate eligibility is going to tell me that. If I've never used it, I'm going to have full entitlement. What VA allows you to do is you, there's not a loan limit if you've got full entitlement. So if I wanted to buy a million dollar home, I can do 100% financing on that. There's not a limit. Now, if I've got a certificate of eligibility that has entitlement that has been used once, but I'm now going to buy another primary home, 
and there's some entitlement left to use, then I've got to refer back to the county loan limit and determine if I have enough entitlement left to buy that house with nothing down, or maybe I've got to put a little bit of money down and have VA insure the rest of it. So going back to your question, there's not a VA loan limit if you've never used your entitlement before. Nice. And you said um, certificate of eligibility. And, and so what is that? And what role does that play in this whole application process for these first time homebuyers? So, so what is a certificate yeah, your, of eligibility? Your certificate of eligibility in my mind is, is what I call the golden ticket. If you don't have that, okay. you don't qualify for a VA home loan. You got to have the certificate of eligibility. So in order to get that, if you're a, a discharged, um, military member, you can go on uh, the website, uh, your VA regional center and get a copy of that. We can pull it for you through the VA portal. It takes a matter of minutes to get. If we run into a problem where it doesn't automatically pick it up and it's going to ask for some more information, we'll submit an electronic application to get it, but we're going to have to have your DD-214 to get your discharge and your, and your, and your service records from the DD-214. And that is something that we'll input and then hopefully get that back in a few days. But everything with VA is really, they've done a great job getting that really automated up to speed. So you should be able to get your certificate of eligibility very quickly on your own. If not, we can do it for you. There's just a few things we have to get, but you have to have that COE in order to do the VA home loan. So that's kind of a, one of those step one and one a kind of deals to kind of got to get that going as well. Yeah, it goes, you know, pre-qualification process. Question one is, do you have your COE? And if they well, don't, that would be you know, question something. One, then. <laughs> yeah, that would be question number one for VA. Nice. If your loan um, officer so you, out there is not asking you that question on the very first call, make sure you remind <laughs> the loan officer yeah. that you have it. Or, or maybe call you. Or okay. call me, yes. Yeah. Hey, so you, you mentioned this earlier, but can you go back through? I, I get confused. Rates are confusing, arms, all the different kinds of rates and the things that are available. But in a VA world versus what we would think of as non-VA or traditional or whatever you want to call it, conventional, um, do the loan rates, do they, are they the same? Are they similar? Are they competitive? Do they differ? Does it matter um, at the end of the day? Rates are different based on the loan program. They are, I mean, okay. if you're doing conventional FHA or VA. Um, the coupons that get traded on the open market are the same for those rates. So okay. if, if I'm looking to do a VA loan and I'm pricing that out versus a conventional loan, the VA home loan is going to price out better because it's, it's, it's backed by the government and they're only doing a portion of that percentage of the guarantee. FHA is backed by the U S government. So that pricing is going to be a little bit better than conventional. Your conventional is just going to price out, kind of hard to really explain on a, on a podcast without any thing that to really show you. But if, if you were to price that alone, if you were to price that alone versus conventional and FHA, there, there's going to be a difference in the rate because the parameters are different. The qualifications are different. So each lender is going to have a different set of rules. All right. Well, on our next one, I'll have a whiteboard and you can start drawing. Yeah. Like the guys on on TikTok, you draw the whiteboards. Yeah. Last time I put up a chart to do a podcast, it didn't show up. So I'm not going to try that on this one. We'll continue to up the game. We'll get better and better. <laughs> How about that? So 
Hey, in, in yeah, your experience, sure. you've got some success stories and some positive outcomes uh, for VA home buyers that you've worked with, right? Um, is there any one particular story, maybe one or two stories that you can tell that, um, and we addressed one earlier, but maybe something a little more specific or unique that you would want people to, to hear on this podcast to say, you know what? I identify with that. I think I should call. That's that. That's me. That's my story, right? Yeah, there's, I mean, gosh, there's so many. Um, I'm going to give you one that was back in, September of 23 is he was buying a brand new home and he was, he was a veteran. He was a police officer and he was, he wasn't a hundred percent disability, but he was at 90% disability rating. So he's going to get a little bit of a discount on the taxes, but not full exempt. But he went into the builder and the builder tried to get him qualified with VA because he wanted to use his VA benefit. And they couldn't get it approved because of that back end ratio that I mentioned earlier on the first story, it was 50 something percent and they could not understand how I was getting it approved versus what they were trying to do. They just didn't understand the guideline, I guess. I don't know. But at the end of the day, what, what happened is that he almost didn't get the home because of what one loan officer what the builder was telling him that he had to do. They were trying to get him to go FHA and FHA was going to be the mortgage insurance payment was going to be on there. Now Uh, the rate was going to be a little bit higher than a VA home loan. So his payment was going to be higher. He didn't want to do that. So we stepped in. um, We, we did some other calculations on his income. That was, they were a little off on that. Uh, But at the end of the day, we were able to get with that high ratio. He had the residual once we recalculated his income. He met the residual requirement. We got that to pass and house got built. He closed in end of September and he's in the home. So we'll look at maybe seeing if there's a benefit to do a streamline, you know, at the end of the summer to get him a lower rate. He doesn't have to qualify for that again. So that's one of the things FA or VA that I like about VA. And one of the reasons why I advocate for the loan is because if you can get them into the house today with their VA benefit and they want to refinance, they don't have to go through a qualification process again. They just have to meet the qualifying benefit to borrower, which is a half percent reduction or rate at a minimum. So if I got to force someone into a conventional or an FHA loan when they buy it, and then they want to use their VA benefit to refinance into the VA loan, now they got to qualify for the loan. They got to send all their income docs again. We have to do an appraisal. It just changes the whole dynamic of the refinance into the loan before they had the loan. So it's 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 one of the other reasons why a VA home loan is important to do in the very beginning stage of a purchase. And that's really good information. So so really, if I am a veteran, I should probably take the time, slow down for a second, and and take get your expertise and we'll, and walk through that process because it's going to give me advantages. Like yeah, almost. I mean, you would want to forward think. You know, you're going to be in the house for at least five years. If there's right. an opportunity to refinance the home, which at some point there's going to be, most folks right. refinance every three years, typically, Right. some sooner, some later. But if I've got a conventional loan because I was forced into it, but I have entitlement on a VA home loan, it just makes it, I mean, you can still refinance, but it's going to make it a little bit harder. You right. may not get the best rate because it's going to be a different kind of refinance for VA because there's different refinance VAs now. There's a cash, uh, cash out one, cash out two in a VA streamline. You're now going to become a cash out one loan versus a streamline. So the dynamics of that refinance and the the guidelines are different. 
Nice. So if you're if you're thinking about using your benefit and you know you can, I would use the benefit to purchase the home because it makes the refinance a lot easier on the on the uh, on the veteran down the road. Wow, that's all really really good stuff. So I know that you do all kinds of loans, including VA loans, but someone that's just listening to us, maybe for the first time that they've ever seen Richard Terry on, on any of this uh, media platform, if they had questions about their mortgage or they had any questions at all about this process, and maybe it was their first time, maybe it's not their first time, how would they get a hold of you? How, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of ways. First, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Um, right. we, we, it's very simple to do. Um, you'll get every notification of our new information that we roll out. You can always go to our website at uh, alliancemtggroup.net. Our application link is there. There's a whole, we just redid the website. There's a whole bunch of new information on there. There's a mortgage calculator on there. There's a lot of information on the website that will lead you into which loans may be best for you. Um, you can give us a call at the office, 214-872-2188. Um, you can go to all our social media um, platforms as well to to hear about some other things we've talked about in the past. So there's some good information there to learn from. There's also some good information to maybe compare to. Because if you've been talking with another um, mortgage company or loan officer, you know, it's always good to get a second opinion, a second set of eyes, just to make sure every rock's been turned over. Well, I guess that's official. The tables have been turned. The interview uh, interviewee has that's been, it? the interviewee has been interviewed. Uh, so I have to end it like the would every podcast. Rich, we are, are so appreciative to have you on the show, even though it's your <laughs> show. Uh, and again, um, well, you know, thanks, let's thanks not, for having me. Let's let's not forget who you are. This is Jason Binion with Farmers Insurance. If you need insurance or life insurance or just consultation on a policy that's getting ready to get up for renewal. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can call us at 469-202-0123. Uh, you can go to binion.agency and it's going to take you to a simplistic little page. It's a landing page that will get every answer. There's just buttons on there. The buttons will tell you, Hey, go here and we'll answer this. They'll get you to me. Uh, ultimately you can call the office here. You can go there. You can also email me at Jason at binion.agency. And you know, just like you, uh, we answer questions all day. We just want to be able to give people answers that maybe they wouldn't ask somebody else. There are no dumb questions. Uh, we're an open book. We'll let you know um, if we can or can't help you, but we'll give you the direction on where you can go get help for sure. So, Awesome. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you doing this. This was fun. Yeah. And uh, everyone, thank you I for love listening. Being the we'll, talk to you, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Rich. See ya. If this episode has been beneficial, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, for regular updates and tips, make sure to follow our social media channels, which you can find in the show notes. Until our next episode, keep making homeownership dreams come true.